Grace and peace to you from Harvester Reformational Church in Milnerton, Cape Town, the mother city of South Africa. Founding Apostle Andre and Prophet Nola Pelser have reached almost 100 nations to date, fulfilling the great command to love and the great commission to go into all the world, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and making disciples of Jesus Christ. May God confirm the preaching of his word with signs and wonders following in your life. For free sermon notes, visit www.harvesterchurch.net and click on the sermons tab. Search for the topics you need and keep spreading the word. Remember that some of these teachings are also available on DVD from Pelser Media. So contact Apostle Aja Pelser at A-J-E-P-E-L-S-E-R at gmail.com for more information. Now, here is Apostle Aja Pelser. Okay, so I've, I've got a few things to share with you today um, about the culmination of all things. So if you can show that, that picture I gave you, if you got it. Did you get the picture? Okay. I, I bought my mom some flowers this week. It was her birthday. And um, I saw these protea flowers. You know these king protea flowers? They're amazing, aren't they? It's the only place in the world where proteas grow. Yeah. Ons land is ons kop. It's amazing, eh? It's also the only place in the world where you get Cape Dutch architecture. Did you know that? You don't get Cape Dutch architecture anywhere else than in the Cape. So the fauna and flora of Cape Town is unique. It's peculiar to this place. Amen. And jealous ook peculiar. Ek sien vir Ons is ook peculiar vir die heren. But if you can see there in the middle of the protea, where all, it, where all the stars comes together, there's a culmination of things there. And it attracts birds and insects to that place. It's like a landing zone for, for an aircraft. Do you know when you land your plane and all the lights are on? You know when, when Eric flies his Cessna, you know, on weekends when he's, when he's taking off from his business and things like that, and Eric flies his Cessna. You know when you come and land? With your plane and your kids, you know, and you've just done a mission to Zim and come back and, yeah, it'd be, it sounds good, eh? Yeah. It's Cessna over seven now, for ach now. Yeah, yeah, Cessna is fine. Come and land your plane, there's the lights coming on and they're doing this. Well, that's what flowers do to get birds to pollinate them. They culminate, they converge everything to a point and they draw them in so that pollination can take place. Amen? And that means that it then fertilizes it, and it, it springs out new seeds, and so that these things multiply naturally. And that's how God designed things, that there will be a convergence of smells, aromas, colors, all coming together in one, and that draws the, the, the pollination. Now, I want to tell you that that's a picture of the church. Amen. So you can just leave it there. There's another one there as well. You can show the other one. See more side view. And um, there's a white king protea in the middle there. I, I got a couple around the edge and then decided, no, I've got to paint these things because they're so beautiful. The definition of convergence, everybody say convergence. 
The act of converging and especially moving towards union or uniformity from the Merriam-Webster dictionary to come together and unite in a common interest or focus. Amen? That's what church is. man. You know the effort people make now. It's so great to know who's coming to church on Sunday. It's quite exciting. I'm going to see this one. I'm going to see that. Chantal knows everything on Saturday. <laughs> so you can kind of, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great to see them. I'm looking forward to it now. In the past, it's like, oh, I wonder who's sleeping late while it's raining. Now you have to book whether it rains or not. I can't book. This my beard. I have to three weeks. So yeah, it's great that you're booking for church now. And um, But it's a coming together, amen. To converge means to tend or move towards one point. And this is something that the Lord showed me recently. I, I don't speak like this every day. I don't use the word convergence. But it came to me in the spirit when I was painting this protea. I said, coming to a point, converge, converge, converge. Ah, that's what's, that's what's God's doing at the moment. If you're not sure what God's doing, He's bringing all things together in Christ. That's what He's doing. Amen. And when it comes to church, we are His body. When you come together and all of you bring a testimony or a prophecy, wasn't it great? We moved out of worship and people started prophesying. People started testifying. There's so many things coming together to one point to glorify Jesus. That releases power. It was easy to then minister and someone's back got healed here. Without us psyching anybody up, the convergence of the body of Christ releases power and glory and healing and deliverance, understanding, revelation, joy, peace, all these things that we need comes together in one. And then uh, uh, Pastor Clyde was about to multiply bread there. And I thought, okay, what, what were the COVID revelations when Jesus multiplied bread? <laughs> Disciples, was it all So please, speck, spate, spate. Zero sticky, spate, spate. Spate, spate, my story is eight. There's your convergence there. You can see it there coming together. Isn't that amazing? If I were a bird, I'd go sit in that thing. <laughs> I'd see it a mile off. So it means to come to one point. To approach a limit as the number of terms increases without limit. That's for your mathematicians. It means the independent development of similar characters as of bodily structure of unrelated organisms or cultural traits often associated with similarity of habits or the environment but the independent development of similar characters. And you'll see the independent development of similar churches around the world springing up in this time, fighting what the world is doing against the church and what that spirit of the world is trying to squash in, in faith. That You'll see it springing up all over the world, proteas like this. And when there's a fire, the proteas thrive because then the, the seeds pop and they germinate. Right, So every 20 years they light a fire in the Cape Preserve there at, at Cape Point. They light fires there every 20 years so that these seeds can pop and germinate. Amazing, eh? So the fire we go through in our life. Don't, don't, you know, some of us have had physical fires in our life. But if you see what God's doing, He's bringing those seeds that were dead, that weren't producing fruit in your life. When the fire comes, those seeds start producing fruit and your faith comes through. You start bearing fruit. Amen. So don't be scared of the fire, even though it feels like things are being destroyed in your life. Let them go. Let God burn everything. 
and then let the seed come forward. And it's a culmination of all things that He has for you, your blessings, your promises, your things that you've been waiting for. I've been waiting for so many things to happen in our network, and from April this year, it's, it's converged. God has raised up local leaders because we had to. We were doing a lot of the work ourselves, and I said to the apostles of our council, I said to them, we sit in a round table, you know, and uh, we discuss the move of God, and everybody says what they see and what God's doing from around the world. It's a real privilege to sit in a round table discussion with apostles and prophets from around the world. Eh? And I, I learn so much from them. And when, when we talk, it's, everything comes together to one. And I said, guys, we need to do these sort of roundtable regional councils around the world. And they said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they all started doing it. And you know what? Our networks increased in the last four months. We got new churches queuing up for us to speak to them and say, please, I've got people waiting in India for us to contact this week. We've, talk, we've spoken to Bangladesh. There's a people in Kenya waiting for their conference call with our apostles to get going as harvested churches. Oh, we want to be part of this network. Zoop. You see? And I've waited how long for this? And now the regional apostles are taking, they, they started their own councils in different areas. And I hear from all of them, and it's so great. Every month, I get reports from around the world, and it comes like this. Ah, that's what God's doing. Everywhere, it's confirmed. Testimonies, healings, how they influence their communities, how their churches are growing, how they're gathering. All the things we're doing here, we learn from other churches in the network. And vice versa. And we talk, say, how can we do it better? How can we be safe? You know? Culmination, eh? Synonyms for conversions is to assemble, <laughs> to gather, <laughs> to cluster together or collect, to concenter or concentrate, to conglomerate or congregate, to convene, to foregather, to gather, to meet, to rendezvous huh? for the Frenchies. It's so nice to rendezvous with somebody. Eh? See, sometimes I, I tell Chantal, I'll meet you somewhere in town. And then you, you build up an excitement because you're going to meet the love of your life there somewhere in town. She doesn't know where you're going to pop up. You know? Do something different. Let's go movie kijk. Yeah, let's go to the cell plaque. Did you have it? Yeah, I can't my phone. Okay, go to movie to eat popcorn. Do something different. Amen. Rendezvous. Amen. Meet them somewhere. Make it interesting. Same with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm going to meet you somewhere. Huh? I'm going to change. I'm going to spice up my prayer life. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to do it differently this year. <laughs> and then there's a convergence. You know, when you, when you fast and pray and, you, and you, you fast a few things, and I know we've fasted a few different types of liquid this last few months, eh? It's good for you, ne? Yeah. Bikkie gefas. Bikkie noord percent goeders gedrink. Ek weet nie, ek proe dit nie, maar dit, you know. It's good for you. So you can spend time with Jesus. Not be too busy with buddies. Isolation is good sometimes, so that when you converge again, there's a different level of relationship with your friends. It's not just about work. It's not just about booze. It's not just about food. It's about actually loving the person. Amen. Ah! Ah! 
Antonyms means the antonym or, or the opposite of conversions is to break up or disband or disperse or split up. That's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to disband church. So from the beginning of isolation, I fought for church. I preached about church. I saw the comfort of God in church. I understood the cell level of church. God was showing me church, 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 And I thought, ah, Jesus is fighting for his bride. Because the world is saying, ah, why do you want to do church, you know, and gatherings are dangerous, and this and that. So something rose up in me, and God showed me the power of things coming together in one, in him. And that's called convergence. Amen? Yeah. So let's have a look at some of the converging points that release God's wisdom, power, and glory. The actual physical church is the, the manifold wisdom of God revealed to principalities and powers, number one. We'll go through them in detail. The second one, there's a finger of God that think, brings things to a point. We'll explain what that is. I'll explain three, part, three converging points, maybe four, see if we have time. The fullness of times. The timing of God is a converging point of His power and His promises and His blessings. And, you know, those things work together. And then obviously there's a con converging point of harvest as well. Harvest is a converging point and an ending of all things. So let's look at the first one, the actual church in Ephesians 3 verse 8 to 13. Paul writes, says, he says, I'm the least of all the saints, but God gave me a revelation and some grace that I should preach Christ among the Gentiles. And then to see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. To the intent now that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the, by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with, access with confidence through faith in Him. And therefore I ask you that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. You know, Paul received a lot of tribulations, so he'd write many of his letters from jail. He'd just been beaten up, he's chained to a Roman soldier, and he'd be writing to his churches, Hey man, rejoice that I'm willing, uh, you know, I'm worthy to suffer for Christ. Don't lose heart in my tribulations, which is for your glory. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we look at tribulations as an imposter to our party. But if you're going through tribulations, you can, we've learned now over the last few weeks that you can suffer on behalf of the body of Christ for other people. The things you suffer, I don't. I said to Ralton, you know, Ralton, you suffered for a week. At least he had a nurse, you know. And you have no chocolate scoop, ne? Yeah, yeah, what's the chocolate suke? What's a chocolate okay? Is it klaar gekoop? You're getting off easy, but are you from Cadbury's? Are you from are you from Flake or are you from Lindt or are you from any chocolates? He's getting off easy, man. Getting off easy. So it's a nurse. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where you can get chocolates for me. Um, there's a chocolate here in Franschhoek. There's we own Svenny Kaapwit in België gaan leer het. Try that out, man. Treat yourself. 
two Belgian chocolate guys. Do you know what I'm talking about? They've got a chocolate fountain there, wheel going, and they make everything by hand. Dase. Happy birthday. <laughs> I told my dad to buy my mom chocolates too. She was his nurse for a long time as well. She likes flowers and chocolates. So. But, but the heavy stuff, you know, the 90% stuff. Yeah, serious. <laughs> anyway, you know Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Have you, have you seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Willy Wonka. By, by the author Roald Dahl. Did you read that at school? Did you read at school? Do they still read at school? They still do books? I wonder sometimes. But, hi, this Lilek, ne? Yeah. Anyway, if you read books <coughs> or watch movies, there was this chocolate factory in Birmingham, the Cadbury's Chocolate Factory. And Roald Dahl was inspired by that chocolate factory. And then he, he wrote this book about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And then he gave these golden tickets out to everybody, you know, so that you can get a lifetime supply of chocolates if you get a golden ticket. And for one lucky, lucky child, they will, they will get a special prize, but he doesn't tell them what the prize is. So he invites them into the chocolate factory, and the old version for me is better with Gene Wilder, if you want to watch the movie, or you can read the book. But then he lets the children in, and one of the children, you know, he just eats a lot, you know. Augustus Gloop. And he loves to eat. And he eats the chocolate and he eats the ticket and then he spits it out and he says, Oh, I almost swallowed it. It's not coconut. It's not macadamia. It's, ah, oh, it is a golden ticket I was eating. <laughs> they eat it. <laughs> they put the mic in his, in his face and he bites that too, you know. So Augustus Gloop, he tells him, You may not touch the chocolate river. It may not be touched with hands. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do with, there's nothing to it. You know that stuff? Okay. So everything's edible, but don't touch the river because that's a chocolate river and all the chocolates get made by this river and it may not be touched with human hands. And everybody goes crazy. He says, go crazy, eat anything you want. But Augustus gets in there and he starts... And he falls in the river and he gets sucked up a pipe and he gets... Too much, man. So that was, that was one character. And then there's four different characters that, that also get disqualified. And then the fifth one is the little, little boy, the little poor boy, who who'd really, I mean, his family can hardly buy soup, you know what I mean? And his, his four grandparents sleep in one bed, you know. And it's really tough, and they don't have food, and his dad was laid off from the factory, and it's a really tough. And then the thing about, the thing about um, Willy Wonka is he was looking for somebody to take over his chocolate factory. And he wanted someone who would take care of the Oompa Loompas and the workers and to make it special for the children just like he would, and that he could trust, that wouldn't sell his secrets. He wanted to give his empire to one of these children. But they were all just trying to get what they could get from the tour. And they didn't understand that one of them were being earmarked to become the next owner of this chocolate factory. And eventually, eventually, at the end, Charlie gives back the everlasting gobstopper that, pe- that all the kids put some in their pockets, you know. And Charlie gave it back. He says, look, I'm sorry I took it. Here it is. I'm honest, you know. 
and he walks away. And then Willy Wonka goes, my boy, <laughs> let me show you the real factory. Let me show you what we've got. And he gets in the elevator and they go up and down and sideways and upways and through the, through the roof. And he says, this is all yours now. And God's looking for, for people who will become like children in his presence and see the culmination of all his work that is put into church and into people's lives and says, my children, it's my good pleasure to give you my chocolate factory. It's beautiful. You know, there's so much rubbish in the world. There's so much hurt in the world. There's so much pain and bad news in the world. The church is the only good news that's left. When I come to church, I feel better about myself and about the world and about, you know, I can hear birds going, ha, and I can laugh with my friends and, you know, have some fun in God's presence and I forget about all the rubbish. The church is the culmination of all God's goodness for the world. Amen. And He knows just what your taste is. He knows what everybody needs. Everybody's got a favorite chocolate. You made it very hard for me. You're going to have to go and meditate on your chocolate, your chocolate likes. I'll put you on the spot. Relax, you know, relax. <laughs> uh, but it would have helped if you told me I like chomps or I like, you know, Kit Kats or I like, because then it would have helped my message. But it's okay, we'll, we'll play again. Ferrero <laughs> Rocher. Anything, you know. <laughs> By the way, you know lunch bar is a chomp with peanuts on it. Eh? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, man. I know Willy Wonka well, bro. Him and I. You know. <laughs> but, you know, the Lord knows what your taste is. He knows exactly what makes your life worth living. And He's prepared that for you, you know. But what I've seen is that it comes, Vaas my bloom. Everything comes together in church. And you know what? The reason I can tell you this is because there's many things I wanted to do with my life, and I'm sure you too. But I've been able to do them all in church. I wanted to go to Oxford. But because I worked for the Lord last uh, 2018, my, my, uh, my friends in England said, hey, come, come over, let's do some meetings and so on. And I said to him, guys, do you mind if I go to Oxford for like three days? Go for it, Aja. Driving in there by myself. I dressed up like a student. I went to the libraries, prayed everywhere. I said, God, I'd like to do a, a, a gospel, like a Bible school conference here one day. I prayed about it. And I finally did go there. I always wanted to go there, you know. And God brought that dream. That dream came true for me. I always wanted to go and watch cricket at Lord's, you know. And... Um, do you, know, do you know where that is? It's the home of cricket in England. Jylle kyk net rugby soccer. Jylle wil Barcelona toe gaan. Jy kan, jy kan in die COVID, COVID lockdown, kan jy Barcelona toe gaan, want dit is, uh, yeah. But anyway, I went to Lourdes, okay, and uh, I saw, it was during that test where Shane Warne bowled the greatest ball that ever was bowled. Yeah, I went on the next day. <laughs> And I went there with my cricket team and God made my dream come true. Always as a little boy. Got to go to the home of cricket. And I went to the cricket museum and how it started. And got books and signatures and sat there, you know. And God allowed that dream to come true for me. And it's all, it's all because that my parents served the Lord. That year, we did several missions, you know. 
And God provided for us to do that. And my school went on a trip at that time and my parents went along. God made it all possible. Apostle Lee can testify. His son always said as a little boy, I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Germany. Every time we ask him, don't you want to go to America or Australia or this or that? I want to go to Germany. Germany? That's what he wanted to do. And now he's been there for how many years? Two now. And now he's what gekregen? He's working and studying in Germany. Amen. And God provided supernaturally for it. Okay, so parts big harder gewerkt, but you know, it all came together in, through church and our friends, right? And uh, what what the Apostle Lee has been able to do, you know, Apostle Lee, his his my ministry, all came together in church. Amen. God gave him a platform. We're going to have his international mime school at the new venue. It's going to be fantastic. A lot of kiddies and families going to be reached through it. And more. Amen. Comes together. That that friend that you've that you've lost, that family member that you're not connected to, God gives you someone else in church. It comes together in church. That vacuum that you have in your life comes together in church. Amen. So yeah. God's manifold wisdom. Everything Jesus paid for comes together in his body. Amen. Manifold is is I'll give you the Greek word now. Polopoikilos. Polopoikilos. You can say polopoikikos, then verstaal ons wat jy doet. Everything comes together in that poiki. Remember our poiki thing we had here? Is it time for another one maybe? I'm getting hungry. I'll finish my sermon quickly, okay? But everything comes together in a poiki. That's what God's wisdom means. Now you understand Greek and South African and what God's church means. The, the, the much variegated mark with great variety of color, of cloth or painting, manifold. Of cloth or painting, canvas. Comes together in a painting. Eh? I love it when, it when a plan comes together. Yeah, now let us with TV in the 80s. Wisdom is God's broad and full intelligence comes together in church. Why? Because we all bring our share and in a multitude of counselors there's safety. We hear from each other. We see Christ in one another. And I draw from people's wisdom and intelligence through the church. It comes together. Amen. It means skill in the management of all your affairs. Even relating to people not disciples of Christ. It means supreme intelligence. Huh? It also speaks of the formation of government, of the world. So there's the wisdom. And then let's look at the finger of God. When Jesus drove out demons, he says, I drive out demons with the finger of God. And then you know the kingdom of God has come upon you. What does a finger do? Points things out. It brings, it says, this is that. Amen. When you put your finger down and you say, yeah, I'm, up to here, no further. I'm, I'm drawing the line here. This is what a finger does. And Jesus drove out demons with the finger of God. Huh? Points them. Eight. Huh? God points direction. Prophetic things. It's a culmination point. When the finger of God moves through your life. 
It brings all those things that have oppressed you and possessed you and repressed you and dispossessed you. And it points them out and says, there's the door, get. Amen? Go. But that pointing finger, the same power that Jesus drove our demons with, He sent His disciples out with. The finger of God not only drove out demons, it's the same word, ekbalo, I send you. Ekbalo, you eight. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't know Greek was so, poikikos, ekbalo, you eight. It's all Afrikaans Greek stuff, you know. That's what sending means. It's the same force that Jesus drove demons out. He sent his disciples out and said, go make disciples of all nations. And that force is still in us. Amen. So when you go and are sent into the world, sent into your work, sent to your families and your schools, it's the same force that drove out demons is now a sending force of the kingdom behind you. It will also dispel evil wherever you go. It's a culmination point. It's a finger of God coming together. Amen. Powerful stuff. Blacker. I get energized when I speak about these things. Amen. All my aches and pains shut up. All my worries. It's like they disappear like a vapor. When the finger of God comes and writes on the wall, it says, Minor, minor, tickle a You have been weighed and found wanting, devil, and your time is up, eh? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The writing's on the wall. Who wrote that? The finger of God. And the, the Lord has written for the devil on the wall. You're going to leave my church alone. You've been weighed and found wanting. I'm going to remove evil authority from the land. I'm going to put my leaders in the land. Because you've been weighed and found wanting. Amen. Hallelujah. God's going to instill the leadership we need. God's going to remove the leadership we don't need. God's going to raise up this country as a missions base throughout Africa and the world. In Jesus' name. It's a culmination of things. Amen. Yes. Lord Jesus, do it. And He's going to do it through His church. And not just one church. Isn't that great? Because one of the things that we learned today... That there are independent things that, are, that have similar character. There are movements that are independent of each other in the world representing Christ. We're going to meet them. And you're going to think, I, brother from another mother. Okay, that's a terrible example. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same, same spirit. Brothers in Christ. So, yeah, the converging point of the finger of God. And you can look at that in Luke 11. And then the fullness of time, uh, just to be brief, maybe, yeah, I'll put this on the in internet for you, on harvestchurch.net, and you can study it further there. I've put in all the, the references and things for you there. In Ephesians chapter 1, it speaks about the dispensation of the fullness of times. Okay, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Thanks, Jasmine. Do you speak faster than you type or you type faster than you speak? Depends on the topic or whether you... Whether so, so when you speak to Neil, do you speak in text or in, in language? Language. Language. And what does he respond to more, text or language? Does it respond more better to text or to the language? The language, okay. Who knew? 
I thought he'd be responding to emails quicker. Uh, you better. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm also better with email. Chantal sits next to me in our home office and then she, she's talking to me, but I'm just not there. And then she'll, she'll tell me, but I told you, actually, no, you didn't email me. I'm not here now. I'm in another space. Check is a true story, you see. Amazing how we all communicate differently. Okay. So there you go. The administration of the fullness of times. It says dispensation. You know, politicians use that word. We're in a new dispensation. Oh, crocodile. If you don't know who that is, it's okay. Hey? (laughs) The new dispensation. No, the dispensation means this, okay? Oikonomia. It means the management of the household for a season. The, the, the fullness of times is kairos. It means a decisive season. We're in a decisive season. It's the fullness of times for God to sort some things out in our lives so that we can bring in the great harvest. And we've got to manage His household in this decisive season in order to absorb the harvest. We had to mend the nets in these last four months. We're mending the nets in our house groups. We're talking to our leaders. We, we're working with people. We're working through issues that we could never get to. We're strengthening our souls. We're cleaning our minds out and renewing our minds so we can rethink what we think we think about church and say, okay, what works and what doesn't work? And what does God want to change in His church right now? What does God want to change in me so that I can receive other people into my life and actually disciple them like Jesus wants me to? That's what's happening right now. And I've got an urgency in my spirit. It's not a time to sit back and become stagnant. It's a time to advance and to progress and to deal with things that have been stuck in your cupboards for a long time. To pull them out and say, I'm going to deal with this now. To phone those people and say, I forgive you. To get rid of all those skeletons, you know. Make sure that you're ready because there's going to come a time where you're going to be busy with new souls. And yeah, you know, we've had a puppy here with us all the time. You've got to keep your eye on that puppy. Because the puppy does things. It leaves your presence everywhere. It eats everything. I mean, my puppy got into my communion juice today. You know, she's a Frenchie. She likes the, the, the juice. I had to give her some of our biscuits because it was just down there and we were busy having communion. She was like... <laughs> You've got to keep an eye on them all the time, these new souls that come into your life. They're like puppies. Ach, nee, het Weet jy met buiten gaan? Then you pick it up, and you go through it, and druk jylle nees in it, and alles sê dit. You've got to be patient with a puppy, because what, what I learned about a puppy, okay, is that they, they cannot control their bladders. So when, you, when the puppy sees me, she wets the floor. She's just happy. Yeah, happy P. H-I-P-P-Y. There's a new meaning for me for that song since I've had a puppy. And Chantal and all the wise, we've, we've got a WhatsApp, what, what's that group called? Border Collies Anonymous. All the Border Collie people, right? They like say, they cannot control their bladders up to a certain age. 
So it doesn't help you shout at them. And that's the same for Christians. There's things they can't control up to a certain maturity. And they're going to leave presents for you. And make fires and do all sorts of things. And God's preparing you so that you can deal with new believers. You can be patient with them. So that you don't ask them, what's wrong with you? When they wet the floor and then they see you. Like a doggy. Make a mess. You've sinned again. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why? I've been a sinner all my life. I've come to Jesus last week. I'm learning how not to sin. What's wrong with you? Make a mess. So God's changing our hearts. God's giving us, God's stretching us. Growing our love. Changing our fruit. So why? So you can add more people to this culmination point of church where you can meet all their needs and give them a chocolate factory. Their dreams can come true when they come into His dream, the bride of Christ for His Son. Can you see it? Is it coming together in your mind? Is it like doing this? No. I'm going to do this. One day, one day when you come to me with your problems, I'm just going to say, can you see what God's doing? That problem has finally brought you to this point so you can change, so you can deal with it. So don't worry so much about the things that pop up in the next few months. God's doing this, yush, and yush. Amen. So we no longer just have to do these movements, Lee, and these movements, Lee. We can now do these movements. There's another one for your repertoire. And the fullness means the fullness means a ship that's full of sailors and oars and weapons and artillery and merchant merchandise for a war. That's what fullness means. Pleroma. It means the fullness of times. God is equipping your ship. He's equipping his church. He's providing for his church so we can do our job. So we can go to war. Amen? And we're going to go to war on many, many levels. God's busy preparing you, and you're going to be part of it. And you're going to man the guns, and you're going to get, get some oars going, get the outboard motors ready, get all the petrol, the merchandise, everything. The treasure that you need to do it. God's storing up things in you. You've got so much to give. You know, when Cyril spoke today, wasn't it anointed? The man had begun preek, man. There was no testifying, there's no preaching. That's next level. Yes, he's not listening to prayer. Give him an opportunity to pray, Pastor Clyde. Let him do one of the Zoom meetings there. Let him, because he's going to get frustrated just testifying here once every three weeks. You've got to pour that, pour that energy into a culmination somewhere. You've got to get it out there because he's going, to, he's going to start preaching to his family every day. They're going to phone me and say, well, Cyril can't stop preaching every day. He's speaking in tongues to us over breakfast. You need to pour it, in, pour it into a direction now. Thank God for area pastors that can give opportunities for people to give their gifts to others. Amen? Share it out. See, his wife's not here, so we can talk about it now. Eh? <laughs> Desiree. Is she okay? She's fine. She's looking after a lady. Yeah, she's very faithful. Very faithful. God bless you. And Chantal feeling better. Is it? She's a bit gerust Friday. She's not soccer gespeeld. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So there's your fullness. There's your kairos. 
Alright, those are interesting words, but it all converged to this time. Amen. God's timing is a converging point. And then, of course, the harvest, the great harvest, you know, this is a convergence of God's purposes and speeding up of His processes in the earth. And as we speak, the church is the converging point of it all. And God is completing things and restoring things. He says, when the restoration of all things have taken place, Jesus will come for us. That's something to think about, eh? Accept, accept, come now. I say to the Lord, are you coming now? I'm busy with your work. I'm busy with your people. I'm keen to really go, go, go. And the Holy Spirit puts it in my heart and says, Jesus won't come until the restoration of all things have taken place. And I know there's still some things to restore. Amen? And Jesus will come for a bride that's ready. Not for a bride with... You know, and the veil's not ready, and her hair's not done, and only one eye is done. The bridegroom doesn't come for a bride looking like that. Yeah? When I did that wedding after lockdown, it's such an re- anointing. Young couple that love God from, from Josh Jane there in um, Table View. Um, all their, all their wed- marriage offices were over 60, and none of them could do weddings at that point. And they probably wanted to, but they just, you know. You know. So I said, no, look, I'll do it. They're, they're friends of ours. And uh, when we did this, we had two witnesses and them, and then a, three, a 360 camera for their family. And we did it on the balcony overlooking Table Bay. And people came out the windows. Yeah, wedding! Life! Amen. I tell you what, I got a blog, and where I write on my blog sometimes, and just things that God shows or things that come up, or I write about you. And the thing that people read the most was about two souls in a wedding. We did a wedding and got two souls saved at the wedding, and it's most read blog. Why? Because people are romantic and people love a good love story. Amen. And if you tell them the great love story of Jesus and what He has for you and that He can give you a chocolate factory, they'll all get saved, man. They'll be queuing to come into church. <laughs> Lifetime supply of chocolate if you serve the Lord. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we're digressing. But you get what I'm saying. There's a combination of everything that people need. Show them that. Show them how wonderful it is. There's going to be problems. The more people that come to church, the more problems there'll be. But like the puppy, the puppy's cute, man. The puppy grows up. My puppy is called Paris, huh? And Zoe chose the name. This morning, my puppy ate croissants with me, Claude. I'm telling you, she's French. She loves croissants now. She sits there, croissants. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Well, we're working on that. <laughs> It's so wonderful to serve God with you. Eh? Make sure you're enjoying it. All right. Enjoy the ride and, and, and have fun at the wedding. Huh? Be happy. Or that that, that um, Bible that Cherie had when she was two, it was a, about a 10 page Bible that summarizes the whole scripture. It's one of the best translations I've ever read. It took me about two minutes to read it every night. 
And uh, in Genesis, it covers the whole Genesis like with one line. God said to Adam and Eve, and they're hiding behind the leaves, you know. God says to Adam and Eve, be happy and enjoy this world. Thank you for summarizing Genesis, guys. (laughs) That's what God actually wants us to do. We kind of messed it up along the way. But when Jesus came, the second Adam, he restored that relationship and that joy and that what God really wanted for us and culminates it in his body, the church, that he is building, by the way, not us. I've tried to build the church. Listen, I've failed. Jesus is building the church, okay? And we're his co-laborers. And he says to you, be happy and enjoy this world. Amen. Enjoy my church. Enjoy the process. Don't be frustrated. Don't frustrate the grace of God while he's busy with you. Give yourself a bit of patience. And then you'll be able to give other people patience. That's how you love others as you love yourself. This is part of the process. Amen. But it's a quiet word for yourself. Amen. Stop trying to be perfect. It's, you're going to fail until you realize that you're not and that He inside of you is perfect. Amen. We love you very much. Have a wonderful Sunday. I wish we could have church all day. I wish you could just have lunch and then carry on. Maybe we'll do that one day when the weather permits and the government. Keep praying for our country. Keep praying for the world. Don't stop. Amen. Keep praying for your friends. Those people that came to mind while we were ministering today, pray for them. God's giving them to you. Amen. Bring them to that point of salvation in the church. Amen. Lord, bless your people. Thank you for this wonderful family of God and those watching as well. Bring them to that point, Lord. Let your timing be perfect in their lives. Let your finger cast out things that shouldn't be there and point them in the direction they should go. Send them in Jesus' name as we send this group today as well. We thank you, Father, that they will have a great harvest. We thank you, Father, that the manifold poikikos of your wisdom will be revealed through the church to the world in Jesus' name. Let people taste and see that the Lord is good in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you very much. Tell someone you love them. Amen. I say, God bless you. Thank you for making the effort to serve the Lord with us. If you need prayer for anything, or if you still want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus, I'm available for you afterwards. You can come and speak to me, and we'll pray with you. Amen.